0: Time to Thrive! Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it! Wow, what a year it has been, hasn't it? This is Lee Balcom and this is the Thriveology Podcast. And even during this last year, we've been talking about how you thrive because I have this theory that no matter what's going on in your life, we have an opportunity to thrive when we're moving in the direction towards thriving. It doesn't mean that there's nothing going on in life. In fact, You know, thriving is not about everything being easy, it's how we face what's coming at us. But here we are, kind of at this one-year mark in in lots of different ways, and I'm looking back at the beginning of this. I remember back in January, I was reading a lot of articles. I look at a lot of articles across lots of different uh, media just because I want to keep up with what's going on and try to stay a little bit ahead of the curve. And I'm not going to say that uh, I had any great um, prophecy skills because, I saw this coming. I just didn't think it would be this. I remember reading about these weird cases of pneumonia that were popping up in China, and China began to talk about how they thought this might be from this novel virus. They didn't know what was going on. And I thought to myself, as they were going into kind of a shutdown mode in January, man, what's going to happen? What if that is something that goes around the world. I mean, you know, we've all watched the movies about what happens when some virus spreads around the world, and there have been some pretty accurate portrayals there. And so we kind of have this idea. And I remember just thinking, you know, what happens? What becomes of this? What will happen if it gets out? Well, of course, we all know now looking back, it had already gotten out. It was already making its way through Europe and probably was already in the United States. And it slowly began to gain momentum. But the thing is, we all have a hard time estimating exponential growth of something. And so how quickly it began to gain steam is what surprised us all. So I remember back in March. It was about this time of year, exactly right now, I think, when I was at a conference with my publisher and Uh, Even as I was headed to the conference, my wife was asking me not to go, and I felt like I'd made a commitment to be there. So I was making a hard decision to even travel, knowing that we had this looming epidemic upon us. The pandemic was growing, and I knew that. And so while I was away, my wife and I were coordinating with both of our adult kids to get them home, because we knew that there was a chance that everything would be shut down. And sure enough, everything was shut down. When we asked our kids to pack, you know, we were trying to be nice and they said a couple of weeks and I said, yeah, maybe pack for three weeks, maybe four, but I was really thinking, okay, maybe six weeks. Maybe it'll be six weeks, but it'll be okay. How far along we were before I realized, wow, we're not going to see the end of this for a long time. And that's one of the things that I noticed in this past year. We had this hard time facing the reality You know, we keep thinking, oh, it's just a little bit more. It's just around the corner. And I notice even now people have a hard time facing the reality because here we are looking at the numbers. The numbers have gotten a little bit better than they were not long ago, but they're still far worse than they were back when we thought everything was up in the air and we're acting as if, in many cases, we've come out of this. And there's some psychology that we might want to look at, but... In this episode, I just wanted us to kind of think about this year, because what a year it has been. And it's revealed a lot of things about us as a nation, as a world, as citizens of the world, as individuals, as families, some good, some troubling. And you've probably been troubled as I have, because it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It doesn't matter where you are economically. It doesn't matter where you are Politically, there's been an impact this year. We haven't escaped that. This is not one of those places where there has been no impact in your life. It's just what type of impact it's had and what you think about that impact. But what a year it has been. Early on in the pandemic, I spent some time going through a number of episodes that were kind of the COVID response pandemic Episodes, And those links are uh, in the notes because I, I think we're still looking at that. And, you know, we're seeing something that's changing and, and I think we're going to get back to something of normal. You know, I, I've been thinking about how often we've used that term in the past year. We want to get back to normal or there's going to be a new normal, or this is the new normal, or some variation on that. And the fact is, normal is whatever we get used to. You know, that's one of my realizations. It's whatever we get used to. One of the things that we know about people is that we can get used to whatever faces us, as long as it's a constant. We can see in war-torn places that as long as the war continues long enough, people get back to their life. In places where there's extreme poverty, as long as that poverty goes long enough, people get back to their life. The fact is we do habituate as humans. That's the term we use, the habituation process that we go through just requires that things be fairly normal and stable. In fact, the normal is whatever is stable. So we'll get back to normal. It's just what that's going to look like compared to where we were you know, a year ago, where we were before we suddenly had our reality jolted. I think back about my own experience uh, when I was in my 30s and had an illness that we thought would be life threatening. How it kind of changed my perspective on life in general. And this has kind of done that for all of us. You know, it's kind of a reality check. We kind of walk around assuming that, you know, that things are going to be okay, that we're going to do fine, we're going to live long into life. And for many of us, this shook that. And for many of us, we've faced the grief of loss. And that's one of the big things of this year. It's been a year of grief. It's been a year of grief of people dying. year of grief of people being sick and still moving through that. A year of grief of people losing their jobs, losing their income, of losing their livelihood. It's been a year of grief of people losing opportunities of seeing things just out of reach of them. It's been a year of grief of lost school, lost opportunities, lost growth for some people. It's been a year of grief. And one of the things that happens when we don't look at that is we forget about some of those stages of grief that come along. There are two big ones that I have seen that we seem to be stuck in during this pandemic. One is anger and the other is despair depression. Those two points of grief are showing itself in many ways. You know, anger is always looking for a target to shoot at. And so I'll notice that people have an inordinate amount of anger these days that seems to be coming out on people who had nothing to do with what was going on. It's also been projected onto politics, to media, to the medical profession, to frontline workers, to neighbors, to other drivers around people, to issues that are beyond our society's right now capacity of changing. And what I've noticed is that that level of anger that's coming out is tied in part to the fact that people are feeling out of control. And the fact is that that's a piece of grief. Grief puts us in a state of feeling out of control, of trying to figure out how to get back in control. It's been a year of despair, depression, another symptom of grief as people try to figure out how to move through this in different ways how to how to find and make sense of this, of where things are going to go and not knowing where the end is. And and really that's one of the big things about despair. Despair is often the not not having the capacity of finding a way forward. It's it's the loss of seeing a way to move forward. There've been lots of losses. And that's what stirs up that grief. So what do we do about this? Well, I think one of the things is we look for some lessons in this past year. I'm not the first to say this, but I think it it bears us thinking about the fact that this pandemic, this past year, of all the things of this past year, both the pandemic and the politics, has revealed two things. It's been a, an accelerator and a revealer. This has been an accelerator and revealer of many things, good and bad. It's revealed some dark areas of ourselves, of our souls. It's revealed some dark areas of our society. It's revealed the inequity and inequality that is built in to the world we're in. And because of that... It's left a lot of people hurting and trying to figure out how to make their way through. And that's revealed something of our nature to each other. (laughs) It's revealed us for who we can be as people rise to the occasion and other people fall to the depths. It's revealed the hurt that has been in our society for many different groups for way too long, hidden just below the surface. And when this hit, the hurt comes out. As I've talked about in other episodes, anger is always a secondary emotion. What's behind anger is hurt, fear, threat. And so part of what we're watching as we're watching people in anger all around us is people who are in hurt and fear and threat. And would rather express the anger than to feel the threat, than to feel the fear. So it's revealed that of ourselves. And one of the things I've been reflecting on is how I've been a part of that. It's one of my pieces of of kind of processing through this year of where I've been a part of what's hurt. And trying to figure out some ways of being different because at the heart of it, there's been a lot of people noticing the inequality that's built in. And this is across the spectrum. It's across politics. It's across racial issues. But it's shown a layer of who we are that has been difficult for many of us, including me, to, to face. And it's easy to say, oh, we'll finally get back to normal and what this has revealed is maybe we need to change what that looks like. I don't say I have any answers to what that's about as much as just a point that this has revealed some places that where we need some work, where we have a chance of helping society to thrive. It's also been an accelerator in a couple of ways, some good ways. It's accelerated technology in incredible ways. And what it's demonstrated is that when there is an obstacle, we as humans can bring forth a lot of technology and a lot of capacity of dealing with the crisis. We brought to fruition some vaccines in record time. We also brought to fruition some technologies that allowed people to communicate in ways we haven't been able to before and to see that as the future. It's also accelerated some other pieces of our culture, though. It's accelerated the inequality. I mean, what we really know is those who were already kind of upwardly mobile became more upwardly mobile. And those who were stuck became more stuck. And those who were in decline, more quickly declined. As the stock market soared, what we were clear about is that a very small group were adding more while another group were losing out. It accelerated a process that has been going on now for a long time. We can look at that, and I'm not passing judgment on that as much as just noting that that's a clear fact that that's accelerated. I've also noted it's accelerated relationship issues. In my work with people, I've noticed that a couple who was doing well, well, this whole process drew them closer together and accelerated the connection between them. But those who had struggles, this fractured more quickly. Some relationships that may have gone on a lot longer were torn apart. One of the things that we speculated at the beginning of this is that there would be a huge surge in divorces. We actually haven't seen that. And I think in many ways, it's for practical reasons. It's very hard to get much done when what you're trying to do every day is survive. It's very hard to get a process going if you wanted to end a relationship. So I think that we might still see that as we move forward. But I think the other thing is that many people decided they had to stick together through this to somehow make it work. There's an accelerant to any crisis. And we've watched that. I've watched it for myself, of the places where I have leaned in and, and other places where maybe I pulled back in faster ways than I would have naturally. And I've been thinking about, You know, the places where I maybe wasn't completely invested, well, I'm far less invested there now. The places where I had a growing investment, I'm invested much more in my energy in those areas. That's probably true for you, too. Another thing that I noticed this past year is what we do when we have a lack of information. And the fact is, even the experts were scrambling to find information at the beginning. So what we do when there's a lack of information is we fill in the blanks ourselves. And so this past year has also been a year of conspiracy, conspiracy theories, ideas from the fringes suddenly bursting forward because people were looking for answers. And unfortunately, what happens when we don't have the answers is that we get desperate enough to scramble for anything that feels like safe ground. And there's a problem with that. Once we find an answer... We don't like to admit when that answer is not working anymore, so we hold on to it. We tend to hold on to our our theories, even when evidence is against them. So the problem is when we have a lack of evidence, we fill in the blanks. But once we filled in the blanks, we generally don't like to erase and rewrite. We like to stick with what we thought to be true. And so in all that process... We've noticed a lot of struggle with what's true, what's reality, what are facts. And in that process, we're back to the acceleration of what was already going on, the struggles that we already had in our culture. Another thing that's come up this year is it's raised the question of what's important. You know, what really matters? When, when you're in shutdown, what really matters to you? And, and what I've noticed for most people is it's relationships. When I ask people what they're going to do, When all this is over, they may name things like travel, but for the most part, it's travel with friends, travel to see friends, travel to see family. And what stands out is how we have come to realize how important and how desperate we are to be in relationships with people. People are making Zoom calls and doing all kinds of ways of staying in touch with each other because we humans are relational. At the core of it, we are still desperate for that. That's what's important to us. That's part of that accelerant. When we needed to be in a relationship we'll figure out how to do it. Some way we'll find a way to do that. And So it's brought us back to what really does matter. One of the things that I've noticed also is that it, it kind of reminds me of when I've worked with organizations to look at what we always put up as the opportunity and threat You see, we all have this range that we can look at, and I've talked about this in other episodes, where we can use what has been called the SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. The strengths and weaknesses are your own individual pieces. We all have strengths and weaknesses in our own self, in our own personality, in our own lives. And the opportunities and threats are external So if you look at your personality, there are places where you can say, wow, you know, I really have some strengths in that. And other places you may go, wow, you know, I have some weaknesses there. I need to kind of pay attention to those things. And then we can look externally and go, what are the opportunities that are on the horizon? What are the threats that are on the horizon? Well, this past year has been a plethora of threats and opportunities, one of the things I've enjoyed listening to people is how they have taken advantage of the changes. Many people have told me that because they can work at home, they've been able to try out new opportunities. I've talked to kids in school that said because they're not stuck at school all day, they've been able to go after new opportunities. And and so for myself, I've looked at that. You know, What are the things that I could take advantage of in the in the time that shifted. I had some pretty big plans that got blown out of the water for doing some retreats and other things this past year, and I still don't have a time frame for when that's going to change, and so I had to make a shift. I had to look for other ways that I wanted to move towards the same goals of, of helping people to thrive, of helping people to have healthy relationships, but how to do it in a different way. I've talked with people who have learned new languages, learned to uh, play different instruments, learned to... Uh, take up different uh, athletic endeavors, people who have found lots of different places where maybe they had felt like they didn't have the time or anything else to devote to that, and suddenly they made a shift. So there have been opportunities while there have been threats. I've talked to people who have lost their jobs and who have had huge shifts. And what I recognize is the shifts in life, the threats in life, we don't have much control over. Neither you nor I had any control over how this pandemic began or how it spread. We've had choices all along about how we'll respond to it to keep ourselves and loved ones safe. And many of those choices uh, were clouded by information and misinformation and lack of information. But here we are, one year later. And one of the things I think is helpful to ask is, how do we want to move through this now? because we're not done. You know, one of the things that I think we all thought was, let's get 2020 behind us. (laughs) And so something happened when 2021 came along that we thought, okay, new year, everything's changed. When in reality, the virus doesn't care about the calendar. And then comes along the virus, which gives everybody, or the, the vaccine that gives everybody hope. But the virus isn't scared of the vaccine Until there are enough people who have it to beat it away. And so suddenly people are beginning to relax into maybe returning to normal long before we're back to normal. We're going to have to kind of reset that to figure out how to continue to look towards normal and transition towards normal. I think we all were expecting some point when we could say, that's it, it's back to normal. The fact is that it will become back to normal for different people in different ways, depending on how you define what it will look like to be back to normal. And there are lots of ways that you can define that. Maybe it's back to normal by being with loved ones, back to normal by being able to go somewhere and not worry or to not wear a mask. Those are different levels of normal. You can have your own definition, but what would that look like? The question of what it would look like to be normal tells you some ways that we need to operate between now and then to make sure that we get as many people there as possible. This has been a year of trying. It doesn't mean it's been a year of not thriving, though. (laughs) We all have had opportunities And we've all learned new skills. And we've all learned more about ourselves and about our fellow humans. We've learned more about science. We've learned more about culture, about politics than we probably ever wanted to know. But those are not the places where we didn't thrive. It's where we have new tools to thrive. And that's our challenge now, after one year. What's the shift for you that helps you to thrive? To think about what you've learned, what opportunities are there for you, to think about how you want to be and who you want to be as you move forward. Those to me are the questions that come from this. As we walk forward through this year, through the rest of the year, through this piece of the puzzle to get back to normal, to ask, what does that look like for you? So I challenge you. While we're focused on the threats that are still very real and still out there, what are your opportunities, the places you can thrive? What are the things that have been revealed to you? What are the things that have been accelerated in your life, both good and bad, to be able to grieve the losses but also to celebrate the options that are before us, the opportunities that we have to kind of come into a new normal and to shape that in a way you would like? That to me is the lesson of this year. After one year, we're not through, (laughs) but we're still here and we still have the opportunity to thrive. This is Lee Balkum, wishing you the best as you continue to work to build your thriving life.